Welcome to the Beards and Miles podcast, where we talk about beards, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic here. Topic with we're we're just gonna let it ride. We're just gonna let it ride this week. Uh, we're having a pretty uh, low key low key afternoon or evening, wherever the heck we are. Where the heck are you listening to? You can be listening in the morning. You can listen in the afternoon. You can be listening at three a.m. on a Sunday evening. I don't know. I don't ask questions here. Um, anyways, we are having a little bit of a let's try to add some new new flavor. Uh, little new spices uh i don't know where where you guys are from what kind of spices you guys use but uh we want to just keep them keep it a little bit lighthearted. some lighthearted episodes every week every week or so so we have here we have keen how you doing keen i'm doing great it's a tuesday evening i'm having a nice glass of vino um not from a box so it's from a bottle that was opened and you know just finishing it off so love and life and we have a return guest this week, uh, Brent Hunter. How you doing, bud? Hey, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back. I am drinking a Crazy Mountain Amber Ale, and it's fun. It has this creepy owl named Seamus on the front of it. So. <laughs> and on my end, I am drinking... Do I have a name? Yeah. Oh, he's pretty creepy, yeah. Is he? He's like very spooky. Very spooky. Yeah, funny. he's like digging in a river, he's catching like fish or something. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I am drinking a pineapple habanero hop dang from Jekyll Jekyll Brewing out of Alpharetta, Georgia. So I've never had this. So I got it gifted to me, and uh, every time that I've had a, pine, uh, a habanero beer, it's always been super, super spicy. So uh, I don't know how this is gonna be. I'll give you guys actual tasting notes once I have this, but uh, I'm really hoping this isn't going to be like something I should have thrown in a, in a chili instead of actually put it in my body. Um, I'll say I actually like two weeks ago got Voodoo Rangers pumpkin ale. I forget what it's called now, but it has habanero in it, and it caught me off guard because I didn't realize it had habanero in it. So I took a sip of it, and I'm like, "Why is this so spicy?" And then looked at the package, and sure enough, habaneros. So. <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of like spicy drinks. Like everybody loves those like jalapeno margaritas, and I just I can't get behind them. I'm like yeah. I want to be refreshed, not like needing more refreshments while I'm drinking. King, right. first of yeah, all, how I dare like you? Spicy foods. How dare you? <laughs> jalapeno mar. I I just finished say like answering a Tinder question with what my favorite jal my favorite mar- margarita was, and I said part or I said jalapeno margarita. So that's my go-to. I mean, I wish I liked it. Like, I feel like they're good. I just can't drink. I can't drink the whole drink. It's just too much. Well, now I feel like I'm worried that I'm going to get unmatched on, on this hinge thing because uh, I used the wrong margarita. No, I don't think you will. That's a pretty bold margarita. Like, I feel like that says a lot about you in a, in a good way. I was like, what would it be in the bad way? What? I was like, what would it be in a bad way? It's like, I hope not. No, I'm just saying, like, maybe if you said, like, peach margarita that might say something about you in a bad way i don't know i'm just making things up like what's this the triberry version Jesus. of margarita what's the what what's the triberry version of margarita oh like if somebody told you that what, what would there be there like if somebody asked you or if somebody told you their favorite margarita what would it be like to piss you off and be like yeah i'm not talking to this person i'm trying to think Brent, do you know? Uh, 
the Mexican restaurant by my house has creamsicle margaritas, and I think that's pretty weird. I'd be a little put off if that was your favorite flavor of margarita. If I, as a Hispanic I just, American. I just, Googled, I just Googled like margarita flavors and avocados listed as one. Maybe that would throw me off a little bit. I could see there being like cucumber flavored margaritas too. Yeah, there is. That was on there too. Yeah. I'll fuck nope. with that. I'll fuck with that. Sorry. I'm not an avocado toast. Do you guys want avocado toast margaritas? I don't want avocado anything. <laughs> I love avocado. Anyways. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the avocado or maybe like peach would be my would might throw me off. Yeah. Well, we're gonna be doing a couple of these like every so often. So every couple of weeks we'll do like a kind of lighthearted one. So uh that's my time to plug things. Send an email over to beersandmiles at gmail.com. That's beersandmiles at gmail.com. We throw up some topics. We have some topics already for today that I think uh I really wanted to get into the nitty gritty with that. We didn't get a chance to actually talk a lot of some extra questions besides the uh, classic shirts uh, question that we get from uh, Brayden every week. Thanks Brayden. We appreciate you. Uh, <clears throat> so I wanted to ask some more questions as far as like, um, I think on all of us, like what are, I guess your favorite place that you've ever raced at? Let's start off with that. Oh man, um, if we're talking outdoor track, um, it was probably Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was really cool, um, just being like close to downtown, um, and the fact that it's a D one university. Uh, Tennessee's was pretty cool too. I mean, that one's up there. I feel like that's a fairly historic track, so that was cool. Um, if I had to say indoor tracks, it would probably be. I loved Spire. I love the Spire Institute. Uh, up in like the cleveland area um i didn't get to run at it but my fifth year indoors i think it was at saginaw valley that track seemed legit i was bummed that i didn't get to run at that one it was like brand new at the time but it was like tiffin's track but a 300 so it would have been really cool to run at Ooh. but what about you keen um i'd have to say favorite place to run um probably chicago because it has that boston like atmosphere where there's a ton of people um but it's flat and it's fast and you can actually get a fairly decent time on it uh, if the weather turns out well like boston is just a really hard course for me and i don't like the course but i love all the people out there so um and downtown chicago is beautiful and you get to run through like all chicago so i would say chicago or Internationally, it would be um, when I ran in Italy at Lake Garda. It was just all along the lake, really like rolling hills, really pretty, perfect weather, um, and just everything I thought an Italian marathon would be like. So those are probably my top two. Just chugging Peronis afterward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some <laughs> <laughs> wine, you know, it's probably both. There we go. It's, that's why you have two hands. It's for one big drink. Once for wine, once for beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, uh, I think I've mentioned it, Boston would probably be my favorite as far as like, like close experience to run through. Um, liked racing at Georgia Tech. You're right in the middle of the city. Super cool place to run at. Um, yeah, I think those are my two main ones that I've said I've just had a great time racing at. 
Um, we are now getting into cold weather season. So you guys are veterans of the cold weather season. Brent more than me because it will actually both of you guys. You guys are both from the Cleveland area. So like you guys have horror, more worse winters than we see down south here. So um, we are in that really weird time period between uh, the, the, the two weeks of a uh, fall that we get before we start getting snow. Um, <laughs> how, uh, how do you guys adjust to uh, the impending doom? Uh, you want to go first? <laughs> I mean, there's real, there's really no adjustment. Like, the first morning that it was in the forties, like I way overdressed. Um, I think it's just, you know, ha- putting on layers that you can shed um, to be smart about it because if you're overdressed, you're going to overheat. Um, and so I always like to be precautionary with gloves and a hat and then go down from there. Like, okay, do I need, um, do I need two base layers? Like what can I take off easily? Um, I think being colder on a run, especially right now, is better than being overdressed um, and sweating. And um, I won't put on, like, pants and a long sleeve for a race until it's, like, under 30 degrees. Um, But I'm, like, such a baby on recovery runs where I'm, like, oh, I'm putting on a jacket. I'm putting on pants. And it's, like, 45. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's so different. Like, every type of run you're doing, like, is it in the morning? Is the sun out? Like, it sucks because every single day I'm like, what am I going to wear to run for this like next month and a half? And then it's just cold and you wear a jacket and pants and everything. But it's just a slow, steady progression and getting used to it. And then slow, steady progression out because when it's 40 degrees, then you're in shorts in the spring. Cause you're like, wow, this is hot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is a, a slow progression into it kind of uh, like I'm at the point now where I'm wearing like long sleeves on my run. Um, I will hold off wearing tights or sweats until I can. Um, but most of the time, once it gets into the thirties, I mean, I'm a, I'm a freeze baby. So I pretty much always overdress for most of my runs and workouts and stuff. So I'll wear a t-shirt, a long sleeve, maybe an under armor, a half zip if I have to, uh, my hands are terrible in the cold. So I'm always wearing like thick gloves when I run, like even now when it's like 49, 50 degrees outside, I wear gloves already to keep my hands warm. Um, as far as racing goes, I will try my best to just continue to wear running shorts and like a singlet. But, uh, if it starts to get too cold, I'll, I'll put longer sleeves on up top or I'll wear like, um, just arm sleeves and hand gloves. But I, I try to stay as light as possible when I'm racing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, Invest in a good pair of tights if you're, or a few good pairs of tights if you're, if you're up here in some good, good Under Armors and stuff. But be ready to shed because you, you'll be surprised how fast you, you warm up. And not to do like a plug for Lululemon because Chris already knows I'm like super obsessed with all things Lululemon, but they actually build in like stink resistant stuff to their, I don't know, like there's a technical term for it but they build in like stink resistant to their clothes and you can like wear things multiple times and they actually like really don't smell. So I have one pair of nice tights from them and I'll wear them like three times and then wash them and like they don't smell. I believe tracks have to have some stuff too with that, with that, uh, yeah. like Merlino wool to be able to like 
fly off the uh, odor. And then, like, I don't know, I'm a baby. I think I'm even more of a baby than, than Brenda's about the cold. I, I remember I first year at Tiffin, I told them all winter long, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to be on the Alter-G all winter. And they're like, sure, Chris, sure. Sure enough, I was on the Alter-G all winter. I did not go out. To- well, it was, it was also the 2014, uh, the the polar vortex. So it was that one crazy oh, yeah, that one that was, was like negative 40. That was my first winter. That was my first winter in Cleveland, and it was cold as shit. Ugh. Yeah, there's been a couple. There was a couple years when we were in college where it was real cold. I remember doing a training run over winter break <laughs> where, like, with wind chill and stuff, it was like negative 40, and I had like eight layers on. And I regretted it the entire time, but then when I was done, it was like, okay, well, at least I got my run done for the day. But well, Croy made a <laughs> Croy made a joke before I like when I came out for a visit, and he's like, yeah, in the winter it gets really, really cold, and uh, we'll drop the kids off about five miles out, and they'll PR in the AK. And I was like, sure, coach, sure. And then sure enough, he throws us over for like he he takes us in the van, and he's like, resets the the. The parameter or whatever that's called, uh, and yeah, he starts the odometer. The odometer. And he starts driving, and he's like, "All right, that's three miles. Everybody, get out!" And we just drop some kids off, and then keeps going for another mile. Drop some kids off at four, goes another mile. I think we closed out like five flat, just because the wind oh was at God. our back. He's just like, "Yeah, you guys aren't going to be running in the wind. We're going to just going to drop you off." And you know, I've always wanted somebody to do that. Just like drop me off, and I just run to the end, and I get picked up. Pretty great. Yeah, it's nice to just get to the end and be done. And yeah. not have to like run out into the wind. Just have the wind at your back the entire way. I think I almost PR in the 5K during that. It was so stupid. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> first, the first time we did it, I went sub 26 for a five miler. <laughs> and it was it was wild because it just it felt effortless too. It wasn't even like it was probably like 90%. If I'd have went all out, it'd have been like low twenty fives. It would have been. If I, I probably could have PR'd that day if I really wanted to. It was insane. That wind was just pushing you so fast, and it's like, and you're on a two lane highway, and it's like, man, this is what those country roads are about. It's running fast on it. Yeah. Was it hilly or no? It was pretty flat. No. Maybe even Flatest a slight decline. It probably was at certain points. Yeah. Yeah, that was That's fun. Legit. I miss running out there. Like one of these days, I'm just gonna take a weekend out and just go and. Some of those old, old, uh, old paths. That's the one thing I like really, really miss about, um, just racing in general, like running down an open road is just, there's just something special about it. You know, you're not like up and down sidewalks or on a bike trail. Like you're just like, normally I can't run here. And it's just, I don't know. I miss that. Yeah. It's fun when, when streets get blocked off that you normally couldn't run on. Yeah. Oh, I will I'm hit. sure your guys' street didn't get blocked off. You just had to run down it. <laughs> two lane highways. Yeah, I, I would say it's two lane highways, but at the same time, it's like country roads. So in a five mile run like that over 30 minutes, we probably saw six cars total. <laughs> oh my God. A lot of kern. A lot of kern. So much kern in beans. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you guys. crazy to me. So are, are you guys. Are you guys morning runners? Are you guys afternoon runners? What do you guys? What do you guys prefer? Or has it changed as like your running has developed, or like as you're in different pit side, pace or different stages in your life now? I've always preferred running in the afternoon. Uh, 
one because again I'm a freeze baby, so it's usually warmer in the afternoons. So I'd rather run uh, in the evening, like sometime between like two and six. But I mean, that's just when I've run my entire life. That's always when like practice was during school. So it was just that's always what's felt best for me. And now, like as I'm getting older, I have just other aches and pains. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like loose all the time. So it's nice to have the day to kind of just stretch out a little bit, loosen up throughout the day, just normal walking around the house or whatever. Um, so I'm a little bit more ready to go, not tight in the morning. I hate getting up and running because I just feel like I'm a robot that is rusted and broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, say, I would say it's changed. Um, with ultra training, I've definitely had more morning runs. I don't know why. Um, I mean, partially because I'm working at Fleet Feet Tuesday, Thursdays. Um, and then my recovery runs are usually before my fleet sh feet shift on the weekend. So I just naturally get up and get it over with. Um, but I've actually started to enjoy it, but I don't like running in the dark. So now that it's the sun's rising at 745, um, I'm not into morning running anymore <laughs> so I've really been trying to squeeze my runs in at lunch just because it's a nice way to like get out break up your day um, but typically speed runs for the reason you said Brent like I like to be loose I like to have hydrated all day like I like to have you know fueled um, so I enjoy I like doing my harder workouts after work typically for those reasons and I also have noticed when I run in the morning my heart rate is more elevated. Um, I don't know if it's just cause like you're rolling from a resting heart rate to working out that you're, you just spike faster and you stay up there. Um, but I noticed when I run in the afternoon, my heart rate is so much lower than if I run early morning. I haven't researched it or done any scientific analysis on it, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I hate the morning. Like, I think anyone that's ever met me has known that uh, I am not a morning person at all. I almost got booted off my undergrad team for not being able to wake up early enough for practice. I'm sorry, but 6 a.m. every morning, fuck you. Fuck off. Yeah, it's a little, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah. That's a little too early. Yeah, and we're in California. It's like, come on. Uh, but it's, it's changed a bit now. Like, um, I would prefer running in the evening, like seven o'clock or further, but uh, I can't do that here in Columbus. Like I, I can do that in California, like all the streets there are completely lit. Here, like the trail's dark, it's sketchy. Like I can't, like most streets here aren't lit enough to be able to run like consistently or like run without breaking my stride. Um, so, I mean, it's the one bad thing about the city is like, it's not really well lit. If I'm in California, I could run at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And just like, like my old dice guy name was run the night. Cause I was every, I'd run all the time at night. That was all what I did. Um, but you know, you can't beat your post morning run coffee. Like, Oh yes. I, I, I don't know. That's like, for me, like as much as I hate morning running, like after a long run, getting some coffee and just like relaxing, like, so like I, I would rather have that than most things. But then there's the other side of it. Like, I think last Wednesday I did my workout in the morning and 
all I really wanted was like a post run beer. And I was like, well, I got to work all day. I can't just have a beer at 8 (laughs) a.m. You can. It's just frowned upon. You're sure you can. (laughs) There's just something about that. Like, just the one. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can't do that to myself. But I don't know. It goes both ways. Like, I love having coffee after I run. I love having beer after I run in the evening. Speaking of I was beer. Say, you touched on it real quick, too. That's one of the things I hate about running in Ohio is, like, wintertime. At a certain point in the winter, it gets dark by, like, 4.15. So even when you get off work, it's, like, dark already. You oh, have to yeah, figure I know. Out where you can go where there's enough light that you won't get, like, hit by cars or you actually find, like, a park that's open to run at, and then you're running through the woods and it's sketchy. Or some places, yeah, like, I know. when I lived on Chindan, it was, like, it was icy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bust my ass. I, I did that last year when I was doing a workout. I think I posted in the group chat. I was like, I fucking hate this. I was doing, like, I think I was doing, like, a mile repeats, like, on the trail, and then I slipped and fell right on my back. And I thought, I like, oh. I bruised my back, and I was like, Oh my god! Hey, you were in pain for a couple of days from that. Yeah. Fuck. I slid like I slid probably like ten twenty feet. <laughs> it's like this sucks. <laughs> See, I have more problems when it's raining and I fall. Like I take a corner too fast and I just like lose traction. Not like when I'm running in the winter, I'm like way more cautious, and so it never I never really fall. But like rain, I just like forget about it, and I just wipe out almost once or twice a see a rain season. <laughs> and I'll see, shoot the shoot the question for the uh, listeners. What kind of uh, weather do you enjoy running in? Send in a message. Do you like the rain? Do you like the winter? Do you hate the winter? Do you hate running? Let us know. Beersmiles <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, do you speak- hate running? Send us an email if you hate <laughs> running. Are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> hey, maybe you enjoyed jumping. The beers and whatever else you can get off like, topic with. Oh, yeah. that's true. Uh, speaking of beer, I am drinking a new beer and drinking uh, Westbrook Goza. It's one of my favorite beers of all time. It is a shelf Wait, so How spicy was the last one? It was actually not very spicy. It was not very spicy. It had a really nice like okay. kick at the end. Not like pineapple skull or uh, habanero sculpin that like burns the back of my throat and just like i'm like coughing it now that was actually pretty decent like i would i would take a couple of those like i would drink that uh westbrook goes is one of my favorite beers in the entire world it's from a brewery westbrook brewing company out of uh south carolina uh it is a super tart goza um and yeah i used to try to get as much as i could of this when i was in uh, grad school and uh Pancake sent me a uh, a six pack, and he's actually sending me a case of it too. So I'm gonna get a case this week of it. So I'm super happy to have Heck yeah. Um, so you know, he just ran a uh, 50k. His story is fucking crazy. It involves him falling a couple times, breaking his nose, and putting it back in place during the race. Uh, we're gonna have him on later this week, and he's gonna go through that whole story. But holy heck, that's a tough. That's a tough SOV right there. But yeah, um, and I'm also drinking this out of my uh, winner's drink, Trillium. Uh, it involves uh, Tom Brady doing a, uh, a he is doing, what is what is that called again? Uh, a beer bong? Beer bong with uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> it's like it's out of a lampshade, though. 
Uh, you know, it, it's art, okay? It's art. Speaking of which, we had we had we had one of my buddies. Brent Brent was with me for this one. One of our buddies. Oh, he uh, he's one of this my favorite people. He's one of my favorite people. He now lives in Columbus now, but like he kind of he, when he came on the team, he kind of acted like a like a uh, what's that called? Like he do like a fret boy. No, he acted like Johnny Manziel, like. So I was like, okay, cool. This kid's probably yeah, done a frat boy. Yeah, is what but, I said. <laughs> I think this kid's probably done a ton of beer bongs in his life, and uh, so we did the beer bong. We we're all beer bonging beers, and then uh, me being actually intelligent when I'm drunk as heck in my own house, told him to go do it in the uh, in, in the bathtub. Thank God I did, because as soon as he took that beer bong, it looked like somebody stabbed a couple holes in the middle of a of a, of a running hose, because it just started spilling out beer on the outside. So that was one of the best things ever seen. Straight dripped down his face, poured down his face right into the bathroom. Oh my god! Cool. And the best part about it is it didn't just happen once; it happened twice. Like he went <laughs> he to try it, it again. He did it again. He messed it up again, <sighs> and the same thing happened. <laughs> We're like, just open your mouth. Just drink it. What are you doing? Oh Let it pour all over the place. That house, I keep talking about stories about that house. And like I told, uh, I, I forgot who I told. Somebody, like I think my buddy's now girlfriend is, uh, she's from Tiffin. And I made told the story that I lived in a house. I lived in a, I lived in a it, it was three floors. So it was a basement. I had a porch. I had two bedrooms on the regular level, and I had an attic where I lived. And I paid $250 a month. And I had a garage, too. $250 a month for an entire year. It was the best thing, best deal that I could have ever had. It's like it's the only thing that can happen in the middle of Ohio. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, cost of living in Tiffin was super cheap when we were there. Yeah, you could like buy a house for like now? 80K. Yeah, it's a little bit better now. There, There's actually a lot of good stuff going on in Tiffin. There's a lot of new like restaurants and they're like revitalizing their like downtown, like yeah. their old downtown area. And even their like newer downtown area where like the more modern like stores and stuff are there, they're adding stuff in there all, all the time too. Yeah. We used to have it's to actually dr- pretty impressive how much it's changed over like five years. Yeah, we used to have to drive to drive 35 minutes to go to get Chipotle. Chipotle, five guys go to the mall out there. Yeah. Any like half decent restaurant for the most part. It was always do that at Miami for like the first two years. Chipotle was like just starting to really expand back in like 2010, 2009. Do they have a Chipotle at Tiffin now? Yeah, they got it my second year there. And it was always funny any because. Campus. What was that? I was going to say any college campus that doesn't have Chipotle is dumb. Well, that's the. The crazy thing is Tiffin has two colleges in it. So like well, the funniest thing was like you always heard like the younger kids were always like, Yeah, I'm gonna go take this girl out on a date. He's like, I'm gonna take her to Finley, we're gonna go to Olive Garden. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Alright, I love the Olive Garden. Let's just not hate. Hey, we're here there, your family. Yeah, and I heard they were getting rid of their free unlimited breadsticks, so that's bullshit. Well, that's stupid. So it looks like they're going to go bankrupt. Yeah, I, I only go there for the breadsticks and the endless salad. And salad. I, mean, I should probably Google this. I might have dreamed this. Hold on. Because <laughs> I'm going to be really upset if it is. Like, you're breaking new stories for me. And it's like, it's like they bring out the uh, they bring out the salad and they just keep like just keep going. It's like, and they're just kind of looking at you. It's like, tell me when to stop. 
It's not gonna happen, sir. It's not gonna happen. Just keep going. Just keep going. I don't think you have enough cheese in that grater, sir. <laughs> sir, I need you to go to the back and get me at least two more cheeses. I can't find the article, so I might that might have been a dream. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys know, email beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, email email in if you guys know any of the answers there. Uh, but I, I <laughs> so I want to uh, real quick just to just because it's going to be a shorter episode. So this is just us answering questions and the shooting the shit. Um, I got one question to ask and uh, one question to ask. Uh, how many shirts? I'm kidding. Uh, my question is, uh, and, and I guess it starts off with with uh, with Brent. Brent, you you didn't run for a couple of years, like run racing and for a little bit. Uh, things have changed a lot. Technology seems to have uh, continuing to update so much more. I mean, when we were running, we just had we had just come on the end of the like the beginning of like the garments really developing. Now you have things like strides, foot pods. And now you have things like technology with like shoes. Um, how has it been for running for you? Have I mean, even just trainers are so different now than they were because when we were in college, it was all about minimalist running. A lot of things were moving that way, and now it's completely different. Now it's all energy return. Um, anything that you've like adapted into your running now? Anything that you just don't really want to even entertain? Yeah. Um... I mean, like, I can even think back to, like, when I was in high school and I didn't even buy, like, I'd buy, like, Asics or Nikes, but I would go to, like, Kohl's and buy, like, big box shoes to run in. And, like, now seeing, like, wearing, like, legitimate running shoes that were, like, designed for my feet and stuff, like, how how much that benefits and how much better my feet feel all the time versus what they felt like in, in high school. Um, I think for the most part, I mean the only things I've really adopted is just trying to lighten my shoes a little bit. Like I, I'm still not go, trying to go like super light. Like I don't want to wear like basically racing flats to go do my everyday training in, mm-hmm. but like I'll wear Kinvara's and those are really light. That's like as light as it gets basically for trainers. Um, since I've moved out of like my hometown and the areas that I knew, like where mile markers were and stuff, I, I pretty much felt like I had to get uh, a Garmin. So I got one for Christmas a couple of years ago. So I can actually like tell how far I'm going and stuff. Um, but I, I will say that in all honesty, I don't really look too much into the the technology aspect of it. Like I'm not really digging deep into like, okay, what kind of like racing shoes should I get? I found the trainers that I like three or four different times. And I'm basically just looking to run in the newest versions of those over and over again. And I, put whatever looks cool on my feet as far as racing goes. I always try to find something that's a little bit crazier looking. So if it's flashy colors or has a weird design on it or something, I'll, I'll run in those. The the one pair of Brooks that I almost bought this summer had snowmen on it. So I was going to run in like snowmen shoes all throughout the summertime. But, oh my God. I love that. But yeah, I, I will say that I'm not, I'm probably not as up on all of the running technology as much as I should be, but I, would put more faith into how good your training is versus how good the technology is in your shoes or like paying attention to your watch too much. I, I like to try to not look at my watch as much as possible and just go off field. But, um, some days you just kind of have to do it if you're doing workouts and stuff, especially if you're not super familiar with your areas and you haven't mapped things out in the past. So how about as far as I have to adapt to some of it. 
How about as far as recovery wise? So have you gotten into any of the, uh, cause there's a lot of things now. I mean, thankfully with, with Tiffin, they had Graston and I had no idea what Graston was. Like my undergrad never used it. Um, like, I mean, we're not doing oh. Graston now, but like, as far as like any kind of recovery kind of things, are you doing anything like, cause we, we just got, I mean, Keen and I have like our versions of our hypervolts and our R8s and now like I might get a scraper. Like, are you doing any, like anything besides like a foam roller, maybe even that? No, I honestly, I don't do too much outside of what I've always done. Um, when I'm done running, I stretch for the most part. Um, I try to make sure I do strides. I do strides basically after everything at this point, um, easy rounds, long rounds, certain workouts i still do strides after to just try to kill some of the lactic acid off um but i i use a foam roller more than i used to or i still have like the stick that i i use from time to time but outside of that i mean i don't really pay attention to i don't pay attention to my nutrition and stuff like that as much as i should like i make sure i hydrate and drink my water and all that kind of stuff but not really doing anything besides that like supplements or any other kind of like recovery tools or anything just never been in my, my repertoire and i've been relatively healthy throughout my career little aches and pains here and there but nothing that's been overly serious so yeah wait hold on can we go back to the fact that you said you do strides after every run for recovery is that what they're used for yeah i just started doing strides like this year with chris so like they're a whole i mean i did them in high school with cross country but i didn't know why i was doing them we just like did them but i yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, from my understanding, there's a couple of different reasons why you might do strides. Um, one is definitely to, to like help with form when you're moving quicker. Like you want to focus on form when you're doing strides. Um, I do think that it helps with your foot speed a little bit too, because you're supposed to be doing it pretty quick, like 70, 80%, 90%, even depending on you know how many strides you're doing. But um, the other thing is, yeah, it, it helps slow lactic acid build up from from what I've I've understood throughout my career. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Chris. No, I, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's been super helpful for that stuff. And then I'm, the first thing that you mentioned on there is they're usually the reason why I add them to, uh, to basically everybody's training. So like Tuesdays and Thursdays are typically like pickups, which essentially are going to be strides there uh, just to get the legs moving, work on form a little bit. It's never going to be an all-out sprint. Um, but yeah, it's kind of nice to like kind of shake things out a little bit too. Yeah, just. I noticed like when we. Up. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say I noticed like I think last week Chris, you had me do like four or five, uh, race pace miles, and then you had me do the strides after. So mm -hmm. I was just thinking back to that and how I've done like some hard workouts, and then you have like the quick strides after. Yeah. Just... Well, with that stuff, it's always about being able to have turnover when you're tired, too. Um, and teaching your body. I mean, it's all muscle memory. If you're not using those fast switch muscle fibers, you're not going to be able to switch gears when you need to. And I think that happens yeah. a lot with people that are running longer distances is they tend to neglect that stuff. And you're never going to be able to be able to go from one pace to another if you're not used to just going from one extreme to, to another within a workout. Yeah, so that makes sense. On top of like strides, just kind of what Chris said right there. I mean, I think for like, younger kids anymore or maybe kids that are still just like starting to run in college or whatever i would encourage people to run shorter fast races over their career um one it just kind of shakes things up a little bit for you but i built foot so much foot speed from like my junior year of high school to the end of my senior year of high school 
just because I started running the 800 consistently. Like I wasn't a good 800 runner in like my junior year. I ran like 214 or something. By the end of my senior year, I ran two flat, which helped my kick and stuff at the end of the two mile in high school. And that carried over into college. So, um, that's something else too. You know, you make, you make a really good point there. Like, and, and my original coach, Mike actually listens to, I just found out this past week. Hi Mike, if you're listening, but he, uh, he really pushed for that in our first year or two of our college. Cause like, especially with guys that were like, took a little bit longer to develop. Like for me, like, I mean, I went from four foot 10 to five eleven by the time I got to high school seniors. So like I was just getting to know my adult body. And he, and even then he's it, like, it was a kind of a longer term project. He's like, you'll, you'll get, you'll get there when you want to, like when you're junior or senior year, but for right now, let's work on that leg speed. So we did like at the conference means we we're doing eight and 15. And I was like, I'm a distance runner. I like cross country. Why am I doing the eight and the 15? And it's like, cause we're going to work on your leg speed. It's because those are things that you can, you'll lose early on. It's like, let's keep working at that. Let's keep working on that leg speed. But not only that, it teaches you how to run tactically. And like, that is something that is so valuable to new runners and so valuable like to, to anybody that's running competitively is to learn tactics. Cause like when you're getting into an 800, you get two moves, you get a, you get an offensive and a defensive move. You get one, you got one kick out to try to win the race. And then you get one to try to fight back the people that are trying to outkick you. And then the 15, it's the same way. You're just trying to figure out when you can put their move down. And it's like, learning how to race more savvy is so important, especially if you're trying to like, I mean, even to the point where like in, in marathon running, it's taught me how to be able to like be very, very aware of like how my body's moving and be aware of like how my body's feeling and how to adjust my pacing. And like being a student of the sport is more than just reading. It's being able to experience it. And I had a good conversation with Derek today about a newer runner that's absolutely killing it she's she's being she's running under under my buddy sam and uh she did three times one point and three points like 1.5 miles she's relatively new at running and her last 1.5 mile section was like 620 pace i'm like holy shit <laughs> like you're fast but it's like not being so comfortable being how good you are it's like yeah you'll learn it you'll get your ass kicked in a race and you'll figure out like okay just because I'm fit doesn't mean that like I can't make mistakes. Yeah, and again, piggybacking off that, I mean, you there's so many people that I've run with that were like five k, five k to ten k guys in college that didn't want to drop down to like the eight and fifteen hundred, and like, like it just helps you. Like there's there's no negative. You get burned out running the same races over and over again. And there's a lot of guys that I ran with that were eight fifteen guys that didn't want to go up to the five k because it was too long, and and you don't realize the benefit that they feed on each other. Like, I don't know, it, it's two different kinds of tired, but it translates at the same time. So, uh, I think people have to be willing to adventure into some of those different distances that they're not comfortable with, even if you're not going to do great at it. And I think that's what scares people sometimes. Like, well, I'm a distance runner; I don't have foot speed you'd be surprised how long you could hold a decent pace at the 800. If you've been a 5k, 10k guy, like you're probably not going to go out and run 150, but like you would surprise yourself how like easier it is than you think it is. And vice versa. Like, Oh, like I don't want to go up to a 5k. It's going to be terrible. I I ran with so many guys that like first time they run the 5k from the 1500, they run, they ran fast. 
it's like it's it's not that bad because you're not as tired right off the bat. Yeah, like, and it's the same thing with with the uh, with the shorter distance stuff. Like coach was always like, you'll be surprised. There's guys that PR in the 1500 just off 5K training just because they're so aerobically fit. And it's like it's yeah. And also what you're saying, what you're saying with that stuff, it's like hiking. Remember uh, when we first started and, and you're like, I don't like going fast. <laughs> I like going slow and I like going long distances. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, that was like, a big I hesitation at the beginning. It's like, wait, you want me to go how fast? Yeah, no, it definitely was. And I think um, I always told, like I told you in the beginning, Chris, like I don't like breaking seven like you could be like, Hey, run like seven Oh fives for three miles. Or he could be like, run six fifty five for three miles. And I'd be like, no, I can't do it. I can't do the six fifty five. Like it was just intimidating for me. And then we did that 20 mile workout and you were like, just run your last mile as fast as you can. And I kept looking at my watch. Cause I was like, Holy shit. I'm like hitting like six thirty right now. And he's like, stop looking at your watch. You're fine. <laughs> just run. But yeah, it's very like intimidating, and yeah, I, I don't know. I love like the long distance stuff. I love it. And we all but I do have... need to get into like five k's and ten k's more. <laughs> and we all have our own and things miles. too. We all have our own things. Where like, for me, I love four hundred repeats. Like that was my thing, because uh, I could trick my body into saying it's only sixty seconds, and that was basically it. Whereas like, I didn't really like uh longer tempos like i hate hurting for that much but it, and then i hated k repeats for a while and i love k repeats because i can trick my body into not thinking that's long because i'm now doing marathon training but like you 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 figure it out and you figure out how to be able to trick your mind into thinking it's not horrible yeah i agree yep 100 percent. yeah but i mean i would always i would always encourage the variation in training I think uh, even, I mean, that's one thing that Zach's been great with me. It's like, yeah, you're still going to be doing fast stuff. Like we're going to be doing a lot of volume and the biggest key is making sure your easy days are easy, but we're going to have a variation of it. You're not going to be running the exact same pace every day. It's just not going to, that's not how it works. And also just like, I mean, it's yeah, kind of, if... go ahead. I was going to say, even if you just like, uh, like my first couple of years of college, we would just tack for like a couple 400 meter repeats onto the end of like our longer workouts. So we would do mile repeats or two mile repeats, but then we would go do like four 400s at like mile pace. They weren't anything like blistering, but it was just changing up the pace from um, what we had done for two mile repeats. Or if we did mile repeats, we might run them at like 800 pace or something. So it wasn't like anything that was going to really kill your body, but it got you moving in a different way so uh, you don't want to do the same things over and over again because that's just wear and tear on your body yeah absolutely all right so to end this one out uh i'm gonna ask you guys each i'm gonna ask you guys a question um what is the strangest thing you guys have ever seen on a run do you want me to be honest yes No, we want you to lie to us, Brent. Uh, no, uh, I, I've legitimately run up on two people having sex before on a run. So that was... was it did in they stop when they saw you? Oh, they sure did. They got up and ran away. Was it in Tiffin? It was real weird. No, 
it was when I was in like eighth grade too, which makes it all the, all the much more. <laughs> and the funny thing is it was with our whole team and I was the number one guy on our team first. So I ran up on these people first. So I pretty much saved everybody else from having to see what was going on. <laughs> but I mean, the place that they were doing, it wasn't like that far off the beaten path. So I don't know what they were. They were on the beaten path. What, what they were thinking, but they were, I mean, they were on some sort of path. All right. <laughs> you got to do. Kane? Um, I feel like I saw some weird things in Cleveland. The one that I like remember right now for some reason, I don't know if it's because it's been raining the last couple of days, but um, it poured down rain under and under this bridge that we were running by, it like completely flooded and this girl was like stuck and she couldn't get out and she'd like called the police and like nobody'd come. And so me and my friend like helped push her car out of this like flooded area uh, during a long run. And that, I think that's probably like, the weirdest thing I've ever experienced and been a part of. I mean, there was some weird stuff that happened in Cleveland. I just can't remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. I think for, for one that I've experienced with, with, with some people on this is um, I was filming a lot of the, a lot of Keen's marathon. Um, and so I went back on the video and there's an underpass that we wrote back. And I'm showing it in the video. Yeah, and I showed it in the video. And under the other pass, there's, there's a bum there. And uh, this almost man uh, had a blanket on him, but he didn't have the blanket covered all over his body. So you just see bare ass crack, just bare ass. As we're running by on this video, he's like on our left to see the bare ass there. Wasn't the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing that ever happened to me was my first year of running. Actually, I was running with my, uh, I was running with a girl and Diana. It was like, you're running really, really easy. It had to be like probably like nine, nine, 10 minute pace. And we're just like kind of just jogging, just whatever. And uh, we look to our right and we see this little girl and she has the hose or it shouldn't be. And uh, like the Like the water hose? Yeah. At first I thought you said she has hose where they shouldn't be. And I was like, this little girl has hose. <laughs> no different area hose. You got some hose <laughs> in this house. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. We looked over and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's no, 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 no. Yeah, that's by far, that's by far the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen anything weirder than that at this point. Okay, yeah. I'm reversing it now. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done while running? Huh. Uh, I, so, me and my buddy did a random race in the middle of the mall. Like, we were on a lot, we were just on a regular run, and then we went to, like, our local mall. It's, like, an indoor mall. And then I, I looked at him and was like, I'll race you to the other side of it. We open the door, and we start sprinting through. And so, oh like, and so... Like uh, taking wall markers, wall, <coughs> mall walkers to a whole new level. Oh, like we had a security guard just like yelled like, no, stop. And it was just like, we just went full out dead sprint to see who could get to the other side of it. And it's about probably like 600 meters to like 400, 600 meters across, maybe, maybe an 800 if, if they get to get the other side. But like, 
we were dead sprint coming through this indoor wall, just like trying to dart around people and just took the corner. I took the corner short and I was able to beat him out to the door. And then thankfully, like we were able to jump a fence over to my house and then we made it pretty quickly. It, that's probably the weirdest thing I've done besides like, let's say a naked 400. That'd be the weirdest thing I've done. Naked 400. I feel like naked 400 tops sprinting through a mall, but yeah, that, that yeah. Me. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've done some really stupid things. I, I just can't really remember a ton of them off the top of my head, but, um, the one I can think of was me and a couple guys that weren't, weren't on the team anymore. Um, we were just doing a run during the fall and for like a half mile, we were just jumping into everyone's leaf piles that they had piled up, except they weren't like leaf piles. They were in like the garbage bags. So basically when we were jumping on these, we were like sliding across them or like diving into them. We were popping people's bags. So like the leaves were exploding out and we had a guy like chase us for, for a little oh while. He got, he got in his car and came after us and was like, it's like, I'm going to have to call your coach. We're like, we don't run for them anymore. And he's like, Oh, well, and then he couldn't do anything. Yeah. He's like, oh, you have the tips and gear on. Like, we don't run for them anymore. Sorry. As someone who has to rake and bag leaves now, um, yeah, that would that would make me cry. <laughs> yeah, the, the, fuck kid, the fuck kids on the team would say, like, they do some stupid shit on a run and they start yelling, go bird. Mm-hmm. We should do that. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, but yeah, now I'm like thinking about other dumb stories of things that I did. A lot of them are involving alcohol. Also, if you've never had the chance, uh, when uh when Brent at the end of his uh, beer mile, we he started puking. He sounds like a baby dinosaur, like a baby dinosaur. It's pretty great. I do. If you ever <laughs> if you ever get to the pleasure of watching me run a beer mile, I finish, take about eight steps off to the left. And just let it ride. <laughs> Sounds like a baby oh dinosaur. All righty, well. This is the weirdest thing that I've done um, running. I went through a phase where I would run to get food. Like I would run to like sandwich shops. Um, and one day it was like snowing really bad in Cleveland and I wanted to get a pizza. And so I ran over to Tremont. I forget what the pizza place was called now, but I like ran probably like two plus miles home over a bridge, like through downtown Cleveland with a full box pizza. And I'm sure a lot of people driving by were like, what the hell? Crusty crab pizza is a pizza. That was me. <laughs> it was so worth it, but it was a little cold when I got home because it was like actually really cold. By the, end of, it, by the end of it, Keen's yelling, crusty crab. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, the customer. <laughs> Squidward. <laughs> Where's my drink? My diet, Dr. Kelp? Oh, Your pizza without any drink. So sad. Uh, Man. Alright, guys. There is a new update to uh to Call of Duty, so I'm getting ready to jump on that that thing. It just start now? Yeah, it's like every a lot of the levels are dark and there's zombies back. So like, we are oh, we're back zombies. in action. We are back in action. So yeah, uh, as always, 
I always appreciate you guys being on it. I love talking to you guys. I miss you guys. Um, even though I saw you this weekend, Keen. <laughs> yeah, I saw you on Sunday. So we're going to have a next episode. We actually have two episodes this week. Uh, next episode is going to have a full recap of uh, Keen's marathon, as well as uh, if we can get Pancakes on a full recap of his 50K. Uh, we're going to keep doing some of these funner ones as it goes on. Uh, if you guys have any questions, as always, uh, send it over to beersandmiles.gmail.com. That's beersandmiles.gmail.com. Uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to, if you enjoyed the last couple of episodes, we had a really great time with Justin. We have some new episodes coming through too. Um, we're trying to get some of my old old campers. We can have some people on there too, like um, some people that are involved with just managing races, uh, some people that are coaches, things like that. So we have a lot of cool episodes coming up. And uh, yeah, so uh, Brent, where can they find you? Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I am at Hunter Runner. And if you want to play Warzone with me on Xbox, it's Lil Hunter 5. L-I-L, Hunter. Lil Hunter. Yes, sir. Keen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Keen underscore for a run. Um, and also follow me on Strava for all my latest running updates. Keen for my hat and ears under my hat. Keen for beers under my head. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's, it's, a, it's a callback to one of the earlier episodes where it's like you had your your ears under your hat. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. Uh, you can follow me at Beers and Miles. Uh, if you want to play Xbox with me, I am XCCRIS, XCChris on Xbox One. Um, I'll be playing video, video games, um, maybe the F1 game again, if I decide to get drunk and play that. Um, you can also follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I actually have an iPhone now, so that's the thing. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor. Um, if you have any questions, again, send them at beersandmiles at gmail.com. That's beersandmiles at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. So I'll see you.